Hello, my friends. In today's episode, we're going to talk about body image issues and touch on disordered eating. The discussion will be through the lens of social anxiety because there is definitely a connection and overlap among these areas. I wanted to include this content warning just in case this is a sensitive topic for you. I don't go into graphic detail or dark detail about anything, at least I don't think so, but I think it's important that I include this little note just so that you know what to expect, since we haven't really gotten into this particular combination of topics before. Okay, with that said, if you're ready, let's dive in. Welcome to Your Social Anxiety Bestie, the show about showing up, even when we're scared. I'm Sadie, and I'm here to share the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with severe social anxiety and perfectionism in 2018, and since then I've been nerding out on all things anxiety and healing. My goal is to help you feel less alone and give you tips to face your own social fears, wherever you are on your journey. I hope today's episode reminds you that even though social anxiety is lonely, you are not alone. Let's jump in. Okay, so let's just start off with real talk. When it comes to my relationship with my body, the Facebook status that would describe it is, it's complicated. Every day, I face an ongoing struggle to accept the body that has carried me through life and has carried my babies into this world. Looking back at my teenage years, body image issues stand out clearly, more clearly in some ways than social anxiety, shyness, or perfectionism, even though that's the thing that now stands out the most for me. And it's the thing that I've spent the most time healing. Um, if I didn't have the vocabulary and knowledge I have now, I'd probably describe my teenage self as self-conscious and shy. It turns out body image issues are actually quite common in people with social anxiety disorder. A post titled Body Image and Social Anxiety by Eating Disorder Hope states that body image plays a consequential role in social anxiety and several other diagnoses that include, as a symptom, the fear of judgment based on one's, one's appearance. And it makes sense when you think about it. If social anxiety is the fear of judgment, the fear of being seen and found incomplete or bad or unworthy, and shame over all the ways that we believe we fall short, I think you can start to see how this could extend to self-consciousness and worry and fear and shame about our bodies. I mean, I know you guys know that I'm not a mental health professional or a social anxiety expert. Um, so I always turn to my own experience when I share stuff with you and quotes and excerpts from sources that I think are relevant. And I do draw on those for this topic. So here's my experience as far as social anxiety and body image. After my therapy program for social anxiety, I was referred to the department within the same hospital that deals with eating disorders. I went through their assessment, even though I wasn't sure I had an eating disorder. I definitely had and in some ways still have a disordered or at least strained and anxious relationship with food and eating, but I was never sure I quote unquote qualified for an eating disorders program. I never did find out what diagnosis I might have gotten 
But in the assessment sessions, words like orthorexia and subjective binge eating were used. And I can see how those would fit. So I will describe those two terms. Um, the National Eating Disorders Association gives this explanation for orthorexia. Although not formally recognized in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, awareness about orthorexia is on the rise. The term orthorexia was coined in 1998 and means an obsession with proper or healthful eating. Although being aware of and concerned with the nutritional quality of the food you eat isn't a problem in and of itself, people with orthorexia become so fixated on so-called healthy eating that they actually damage their own well-being. And I can see why they would have used that term for me because I have always struggled with the all or nothing approach and that extends to my food. Uh, if I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna eat all in healthy. And if I'm not, then I'm gonna be not mindful at all. Um, I, still, I still work on that one. Um, and here's an explanation of subjective binge eating from the Ranch Tennessee Mental Health Treatment Center. I'm gonna include links to all of these articles, by the way, in the show notes. So quote, some people who perceive themselves as extreme binge eaters don't actually eat extreme amounts of food during their binges. Instead, they eat relatively small or moderate amounts of food. Doctors refer to individuals who misperceive the amount of food they consume during binges as subjective binge eaters. Technically speaking, these people still meet the general definitions for binge eating as long as they feel a loss of control regarding their eating behaviors. However, the authors of the study in the Journal of Eating Disorders explain subjective binge eaters are commonly excluded from binge eating, men binge eating related mental health diagnoses and therefore commonly don't receive treatment for their condition. In the end, I was offered a place in the program and the way I remember it is the therapist said, your relationship with food and your body is causing you distress and impacting your life and well-being. That's enough of a reason to need help and we can help. Um, so just as a takeaway there, if you see yourself in those descriptions that I just gave or in any of what we talk about today, um, if your relationship with food and your body is causing you distress and impacting your life and well-being, that is enough of a reason to seek help. And there are programs that can help. So please let that be your little dose of validation that if you need help, you need help. And it's okay to look, look, look for ways to get that help. But I didn't end up going through the program, the eating disorders program, even though I was accepted. Um, so what happened was right around the same time, a spot became available for me in a much more intensive one-on-one -on -one program with a psychiatry resident um, who offered psychodynamic psychotherapy. I have talked about that a little bit in my therapy episode. I think that was episode three. Um, so I had to choose and I decided that digging into the deep roots of my struggles in the psychodynamic psychotherapy would probably be the most be beneficial overall. And it really, really was. And then after that, I went on to do CBT for perfectionism, which I've also talked about a little bit. I think I owe you guys a second episode on CBT for perfectionism. Um, that program ended a few months ago and I was asked if I wanted to register for another CBT, CBT program, um, something for assertiveness or maybe self-compassion. And I decided that I needed some time off from therapy just to consolidate and digest and exist. It's been a busy year with schools closing so much. 
So where does that leave me? Well, I'm feeling solid. My social anxiety and perfectionism are certainly not cured and vanished, but I feel like they're well-managed, except where my body is concerned. I'm still struggling. Objectively, I know that my body is perfectly okay and that my body is not the most important or most interesting thing about me. And yet, it's all well and good to say that I dislike diet culture, I do, and that all bodies can be beautiful. I believe that too. I don't think we all need to look like, what? What is it that we all feel we need to look like? Do we even have a specific idea in our minds if we stop to think? Or is it just this vague concept of something better than what I am now? I think it's the latter for me. Because at every stage and size I've been, from my smallest to my biggest, my fittest to my sorest, my youngest to my pregnantest, pregnantest? Sure. To my current combination of many of the above, except pregnant, whatever my current body looks like, I carry with me the feeling that it could be and should be better. But not like a specific version of better, just better. And I'm still working on shaking that belief. I know that it's not true or healthy, but I just haven't made as much progress in dismantling this part of my struggle. And I do really believe it's wrapped up in social anxiety and everything I learned in therapy and in my reading supports that. We worry about how people perceive us. It makes sense that we'd also worry about how people perceive our bodies. We worry that there's some secret flaw in us that we haven't even identified, but that others will discover and reject us for. It makes sense that we might feel that way about our bodies too. And if you add perfectionism to the mix, which is a feature of social anxiety and other anxiety disorders, that can easily turn into a perfectionistic approach to our bodies. It's complicated, intertwined, and infuriating and painful. And I know that I'm not alone in this. When I opened up about this topic on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, many of you shared that you struggle too. One person shared this. For me, social anxiety worsened as my body changed during puberty. I was a confident child. And I just want to say thank you to the person who wrote this. I can definitely relate. I have a vivid memory of being suddenly self-conscious about my cheeks jiggling when I walked, my face cheeks, although probably other cheeks too, and also disliking my thighs when I looked down at them. And this would have been in grade seven or eight. Another person shared this. I feel this is an unspoken problem a lot of men face as well. Social anxiety and body image definitely go hand in hand. I hated taking my shirt off at pools. It was the worst. Even when I was really lean, I felt the whole world was watching and judging me. Having kids and getting older has helped. It took a lot of exposure. And I appreciate the pun there. Um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, for sharing that perspective. Body image in men is much less talked about, at least it seems that way. And then the intersection of social anxiety and body image in men, that's a perspective we really don't hear very often. So thank you. Okay, so we've acknowledged all of this. What do we do? Well, I can't tell you what worked for me because I'm still working on it, but here are some things that help. Number one, Make sure your Instagram feed, if you're on Instagram, includes people with your body type and a variety of others, and or people with healthy attitudes toward food and exercise. You could search for anti-diet dietitians, 
or intuitive eating coaches and just see which ones resonate for you. Number two, read helpful books. There's a book that's been highly recommended to me called More Than a Body. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. And it's by Lexi and Lindsay Kite, PhDs who run the account Beauty Redefined on Instagram and whose bio describes them as twins with PhDs promoting body image resilience. I definitely need some body image resilience in my life. Number three, think of what you say to your best friend or someone else you love when they're having struggles with their body or what you would say. So this is called the best friend technique and it helps you challenge and reframe toxic thoughts. It's a way of shutting down your inner bully by asking you to imagine what you would say if you were talking to your best friend in t- instead of yourself. Uh, because many of us are much more loving and compassionate to our friends and even to strangers than we are to ourselves. I try to remember the best friend technique when I'm thinking about my body in an anxious or negative way. Okay, so here's what I would say to you if you were struggling. Your imperfect body is okay. I would tell you that you're beautiful and that the word beautiful is a lot bigger than the narrow definition we tend to give to it. I would tell you that your imperfect body is okay and good enough. I would tell you that No, it's not necessarily bad to want to lose a few pounds or many or to make dietary changes or other healthy lifestyle tweaks, but your measurements do not determine your worth as a person. And whatever weird thing your body does that you think makes you unattractive somehow, I'm sure your body isn't the only body that does that thing. We're all a lot less weird and alone than we think. And the parts you dislike are not actually all that dislikable from the outside whether it's stretch marks and cellulite, acne and scars, frizzy hair, flat hair, big nose, small nose, short toes, thin, curvy, short, tall, old, young. These are just words. They're not synonyms for who you are as a person. Other people do not see you the way you see yourself. You're so much more than the individual parts you dislike. And if the sum of those parts translates in your mind to a number on the scale, then you are worth more than that number, not less. If we're waiting for the perfect body to accept ourselves, we'll be waiting forever. What would you say to your best friend if they were cutting themselves down about their appearance? And then can you say those things to yourself? And don't worry if you can't. I'm still working on getting there too. I hope you found this episode helpful. It came from a very vulnerable place in my heart. So thank you for listening. And please know that you aren't alone. Before you go, I wanted to let you know about some fun stuff coming up in the Socially Awkward Book Club on Patreon. That's my Patreon book club. Okay, so here's what we've got. We have a book chat for the book Validate Me by Charlie Cox. And that's going to be on Sunday, July 25th at noon Eastern time. We meet on Zoom every month. Uh, We're also having an author Q&A, our first author Q&A in early August with Fiona Thomas, who wrote the book, Depression in a Digital Age, The Highs and Lows of Perfectionism. This will also be on Zoom, and I'm super excited. And then in August, we'll be reading Red Face by Russell Norris, and we'll be meeting the author Russell Norris in early September. So we've got two author Q&As coming up. 
And then a super exciting detail about Red Face, our August book, the author's publisher has provided a 20% discount code for all members of the your social anxiety bestie community, whether or not you're a book club member. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but basically you go to the link and it should have the code built into the link. But if not, you enter bestie at checkout and it will give you a 20% discount. It also applies to the ebook I checked. And then an important note is that just be aware that this promo code only works when buying the book directly from the UK publisher, which is Canbury Press. That's the link that's going to be in the description. And they do ship globally and their rates are very reasonable, I think, depending on where you are, maybe. Um, But readers outside the UK may want to double check like Amazon or a local bookstore to see if it would be cheaper to purchase that way, just because conversion rates and shipping costs may vary. So a big thank you to Russell Norris and Canbury Press for arranging this for us. So if you're interested in the book club, check out patreon.com slash your social anxiety bestie or reach out to me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie or by email sadie at your social anxiety bestie.com and I'll answer any questions you have. We would love to have you join us. The book club is it's like a community of wonderful readers who self-identify perhaps as socially awkward, whether that means social anxiety or just introversion or shyness or what have you. Um, It's a great community. And by joining, you're also supporting the podcast and your social anxiety bestie content. So it really means a lot to me. And I'm very passionate about this book club. So I hope you'll consider joining. Okay, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope you found it helpful. Anxiety thrives on avoidance, and we can take back our power by just showing up like you did today. Remember that you are probably underestimating how strong and wonderful you are, and you're probably overestimating how perfect and put together other people are. So show up scared. Show up imperfect. Just show up. And while you're at it, come find me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie so we can be awkward together.